Welcome to Let's Chat, a platform for discussions around antiretroviral therapies. Today, we are discussing tenofovir alafenamide, or TAF, and its real-world application and best practice within the South African healthcare market. This podcast is brought to you by Activa Health in the interest of education, awareness and support. The content and opinions expressed are entirely those of the healthcare professionals and are not influenced by Activa Health in any way. These TAF podcasts are SOMA accredited. To access the CPD questionnaire, healthcare practitioners can click on the link in the show notes. Today, we chat to Drs. Kay Mahumet and Marlene de Jager about TAF and bones. Dr. Kay is a general practitioner experienced in HIV management, HIV in pregnancy, and HIV in men having sex with men. She is an animated and passionate practitioner that has helped hundreds of people over the years gain access to medication that both treats and prevents HIV. Dr. Marlene is a general practitioner in private practice at Mealmet in Pretoria, where she is exclusively treating HIV-positive patients. She is involved in several Phase 2 and Phase 3 clinical drug trials as well as observational studies as a sub-investigator or principal investigator. Her areas of interest are the social and psychological impact of HIV diagnosis on the lives of patients the holistic management approach aiming to optimize patient adherence to treatment and management of opportunistic infections and HIV drug resistance. Doctors Kay and Marlene, thank you for your time. Let's chat. Hi, Dr. Marlene. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you, Kay? Fine, thanks. I think we're going to discuss the differences in TDF and TAF to let the audience know why we would prefer one over the other. Yes. or not prefer one over the other. So let's just start off with the general discussion of what makes TDF different from TAF. So previously, when we use ARVs, the backbone of our ARV regimen was using tenofovir, which we call TDF. But we know for sure that it wasn't quite tenofovir. TDF really stood for tenofovir, Disoproxyl fumarate. So that was a big word. I know. So we cut it down to TDF. TDF. And that molecule consisted of 300 milligrams of substance in it. And now what we're having is TAF. And TAF consists of 25 milligrams of molecule in it. And it's for tenofovir alafenamide. That's right. So firstly, we can see that we've brought the dose down. We've brought the size of the tablet down. Which is great. And more importantly than the dose and the size is the way the two work differently. Absolutely. I'm thrilled that it's here at last because we go to all these conferences and then we hear um, in all the other countries they're using TAF. And we still having to use tenofovir disoproxyl. So I'm very, I'm thrilled that it's here at last and we are able to use it. Yeah. So the, the, the greatness with TAF is not just its size and its small molecule, but the fact that it is absolutely potent where it needs to be. And that is in the lymphoid cells mm-hmm. and the hepatocytes. So the potency is there. Mm-hmm. It is 
way more effective and it's more effective where it needs to be. Yeah, where it needs to be, absolutely. Yeah. And that also explains why we don't have the side effects that we have to discuss about in the bones and in the kidneys. Mm-hmm. But I think we're going to restrict ours to the bones. To the bones, yes. Okay, so what I'd like to talk about specifically um, using TAF in women because you and I both know that the majority of our patients at our practices are women and we are treating an aging population. So we are dealing with women who are now entering their menopause. I'm sure many of your patients are, are now there. If you add the two together, we know that HIV itself um, causes accelerated aging. So we, we having to deal with women who are subjected to primary osteoporosis through aging, but also through HIV itself per se, which can cause osteoporosis or can contribute to osteoporosis. And then if we add TDF to the mix, and we know that TDF is known to cause uh, or to make a big contribution to bone um, thinning and the and the development of of osteoporosis. So actually, our especially our female patients are sitting ducks when it comes to this. So now, when we having TAF, uh, we can remove the one big thing that's going to contribute to osteoporosis. So we know for absolute certain that there's a two percent decrease in bone mineral density over two years, and that's clinically significant. So mm-hmm. what that means is that when the bone marrow density starts going down, we're going to get osteopenia, and that is followed on with osteoporosis. And that means our bones get brittle, and that means we get fractures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have seen this in my own practice over the last 10 years, where the orthopedic surgeon has had to do hip replacements, especially on women. I've just seen one man, but about 20 women who've had to have hip replacements with no cause for there being the need for hip replacement, despite the patient's age and all of that was taken into account. They weren't on glucocorticoids. They didn't have any other comorbidities. And they were having these hip replacements and the orthopedic surgeon asked me, but why would this BK? The only common factor in all these people have been the fact that they on ARVs. And then you ask them what ARVs they on and absolutely all of them are on tenofovir. Mm-hmm. So TDF. Yeah, TDF. So you can see that already 10 years ago, we were starting to pick up the, there's a problem with TDF, but as as usual, we, we kind of just look the other way. So you can imagine how excited I am that we have a replacement for TDF now, which is tough. Great. We used to be able to, or we did, what we did was we used to then replace TDF with a backover in those, um, in those patients. But the, a backover has its own problems. Um, there is the issue of the hypersensitivity reaction, but it's also a huge pill. Um, it's a huge molecule. And yeah. also expensive. Yeah. So I've, it I, is a bit dicey yeah, to no, no, go I, with the abacavir. I've never had a problem with uh, the abacavir and, and the hypersensitivity reaction because all of my patients have been black females. So that was never an issue. But I definitely had to take them off the TDF and replace that with abacavir. And thank God for the abacavir at the time. So you could replace it. But now if you think about it, if you can replace it with TAF, 
at a much lower cost, how much nicer that will be. But also, like you said earlier on, it's not just for our hip stories. It's for all our women that we need to get off the TDF ASAP and replace it with TAF. Absolutely. I was reading an article and um, this specific article uh, where they compared patients who were on TDF uh, and they were then later placed on TAF and they actually had um, an increase in their bone density after they were switched from TDF to TAF. So that's really good news. It doesn't just maintain the bone. It seems to also cause some uh, of the bone to be replaced. So that's that's also good news when it comes to TAF. That's a bonus for sure. Mm. So um, I was just wanting to say that if we look at how TDF actually um, has an increase or has an effect on the bones, um, it does. It doesn't also. There two. It, it's thought to have two mechanisms. The one is where it has a mechanism on the osteoclasts itself, so it actually stimulates them, and the other one is by um, the effect that it has on the kidneys. Um, so the the effect that it has on the proximal tubules. So that effect then um, contributes to the effect that it has on um, the loss of, of bone. And we don't have that with TAF. And also don't forget vitamin D as well. Absolutely. We're a little bit lucky in this country with plenty of sunlight, but we mustn't forget lots of patients might also need vitamin D supplements as well. So it's the osteoclast, it's our renal phosphate handling and the vitamin D as well. So all three impact on how we deal with bone density. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something that we have to um, think about a little more holistically also um, when we manage, especially our female patients. This is not just simply switching from TDF to TAF, um, you know, stopping, um, stopping smoking or not smoking at all, limiting the alcohol and exercising. Exercising is still very important. And then once a patient does have established osteoporosis, you can think of adding uh, a biphosphonate um, <clears throat> if it is necessary. Um, in those patients who um, are, are who are um, menopausal, um, it is not always recommended to give the hormone therapy because of all the risks that are associated with those, um, the breast cancer and the um, hypocoagulation. So that is not an option. But um, there are other ways of managing managing that. So we, I'm just saying about the hip replacements, but also we mustn't forget that the lumbar spine is also targeted. And we kind of never do um, bone densities on our patients. And it's something we need to think about yes, as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And not just wait mm. for the orthopods to say, you know, this um, hip is um, needing to be replaced, but I think we should going forward, like we think pap smears all the time in our patients, we also need to at some point in time realize that if our patients are elderly, we need to do bone density scans on them as well, not just mm-hmm. look out for the femoral necks and the hips, but also the lumbar spine as well. It's something that I've sort of um, shied away from doing, not because I don't want to do it, but because of the costs involved with doing a DEXA scan. Do you motivate when you have to send a patient for a DEXA scan? 
I think because I'm elderly, <laughs> which is why hardly it comes to mind. And I, I kind of motivate for that because, like I say, I think one needs to be aware of it. And yes. as you get older, and like I say, um, um, you know, vitamin D, D deficiency, which is very prevalent with me. I, I'm very aware of it and I kind of try and motivate for it. So, and I, I haven't had any problems yet with the medical aid. So if you want to do it now and again, they would allow it. So like once or twice in a lifetime, they don't have an issue with it. So mm. I, I, I've never had a problem with the medical aids and I kind of think about it all the time, especially yeah. in my, my elderly, elderly population. Patients, yes. And if you think about it, the vast majority of our women are, you know, mm. aging. I yeah. mean, well, it should actually become almost as routine. Well, not routine, but something that should be right up there with a pap smear and a mammogram, uh, or a lipogram, you know, part of, part of the test that you do once or twice, uh, or once a year at least, or once every two years. <clears throat> as you say, especially in our female population. And, and only if you do it, then you realize, my word, I need to do it more often on Absolutely, everyone. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. you just let it fall down the wayside. And it's it's really very important. It is important. It is important. And we yes. also don't want all our women just shrinking into nothing with all the um, bone density decreasing. So we, we, we need to emphasize the bone scans. Mm. And, uh, and the exercise thing. I mean, I make a big thing about exercise in my rooms. I'll do you try. exercise in your rooms? No, I don't do exercise. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I let them know to say that you know what we've we've come a long way, and um, you've survived the HIV. Now, would you care to look like models and go on and live your best life? And I can't do that for you. You need to do the exercise mm. and eat properly. Mm. Well, isn't it interesting that when it comes to lifestyle, this is a refrain that is just happening uh, or that we say over and over and over. It doesn't matter what disease we are talking about. Maintaining a healthy lifestyle, eating healthily, getting enough exercise, not smoking, limiting alcohol. Those are things that all of us should be doing all the time. And if all of us should, are doing all of those things, then we probably – would have half. We pr- we probably won't have, even have work. Yes, I <laughs> I think as doctors we need to remind our patients that all the time. And I use it one expression. I go love yourself. Absolutely, yeah. But um, it's easier said than done. Easier said than done. Ne? So. I, I think the expression love yourself, I remind them of that all the time. And I swear to God, when I see my patients, they're all looking like models because otherwise they go, oh, Dr. K is going to kill us. <laughs> I also have those patients who come and say, please, I know what you said last time, but I didn't do this or I didn't do that. Or, uh, yeah, so don't, don't, don't be mad at me. But then it's very, it's very rewarding. The other day I saw a patient who actually came in and, um, she had lost a whole lot of weight and she was into eating healthily and she was exercising and she was looking so fantastic. And it, I was so proud of her and it's so gratifying if you see. And, and you, you, you don't that. always need the gym and you need money. No. You can just take a walk around the block. Or get I a mean, skipping rope. Mm, yeah. I agree. I absolutely agree. But I, I must say I would prefer to walk around the block 
and have a look at the the green grass and the blue sky. It just also adds another element of goodness to my mental well-being. So, I think exercise is extremely underrated, very underrated, because it's not just on a physical level that it has so so many advantages for your mind. Well, that's my experience, but I think that once patients lock into that magic, um, then then there's no going back. So we can do the best we can for our patients. We're going to give them the best drugs. Mm-hmm. And they also need to come to the party and do their bits as well. So in my practice, alcohol and smoking is totally banned. How do you do that? You just got to be firm. I do get the odd request that goes, oh, but of decay, I need one glass of wine for my heart. And then what do you say? God gave us grapes. (laughs) Not the same. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do have the, I must say, I don't have many smokers. And among the women, the smokers are in in, definitely in the minority. But, um, yeah, uh, there are a few men who smoke. Um, but funnily enough, it's not such a, such a major problem. And, but then having said that, those who smoke, they really smoke. They don't just smoke two or three a day. They go for a packet a day. And then, uh, you have those who, um, indulge in, in alcohol and, um, <clears throat> yeah, but I must say also very much in moderation. Um, so I, I would count myself one of those who has the occasional glass of wine, uh, and I do enjoy it. But again, I think the, the key word there is moderation. Okay, so we're both excited about using TAF in our practices. Um, I'm very excited um, to use it, and I'm very, very happy that it has come along at last. We always seem to be last in line when when all these exciting drugs um, are being discussed. So I'm very, very happy that, that it's here at last and that we are able to use it um, and that we'll be seeing less uh, renal problems and less bone problems. So, um, yeah. Marlene, the other thing I would like to also say is, aside from the women and the orthopedic and bone issues I've had in my rooms, I also ran an adolescent clinic at Helen Joseph when I worked there and I would never ever forget the effect of TDF on bones in children and the guidelines are also telling us we can use TDF in children but I've had one really bad experience and that has taught me a lesson for the rest of my life so while lots of people will still do a TDF in children over 10 I would never ever do that Because we kind of forget that in children, their bones are growing. They don't stop growing at age 10. So the reason I want to bring this to your notice as well is because I I, I would never, ever forget this. So in the adolescent clinic, I would see children from about, say, 10 until 20. And I would never forget this pair of kids. They were twins. So the one twin was really very tiny and the other twin was like a biggish guy. At that time, um, we just started to have the 
um, TE, which became available. Prior to that, we'd had single molecules of D4T and all of that. So as soon as the TE became available, um, which is the tenofovir as a fixed drug combination, um, we started rolling them out because you wanted especially the adolescents to have ease with their meds. And I had thought about it and I was thinking now the one kid is tiny and the other one's big. What worried me at the time was the efavirenz dose. It wasn't even the tenofovir. And I was thinking now, how do I give one child in that household one tablet and the other one is going to have three? So I took a chance and I kind of gave the both, one each, T-E-T-E. And three months later, when the kids came back to follow up, I have never, ever forgotten that the little kid literally came in crawling. That is how the tenofovir had affected his bones. Scary. Yeah, I, I, I've never, ever, ever forgotten that. So I would only switch my adolescence to the tenofovir over 18. Prior to 18, you continue to be on a, ba- a Abacavir. Yeah. So no, that's um, my approach as well. I keep them on a Abacavir. And I do get some pressure from the funders. Uh, they would call me and say, Doctor, aren't you going to switch this patient to Tenof or to the TLD, for instance? And I would just say, No. Please, can we keep this child on a Abacavir a little bit longer, just until they at least hit 18 or or over, and then we can consider going to TLD. But I wouldn't even consider TNF or TDF now. I would go straight to, to TAF. No, yeah. no, for absolute certain. So I must say, I think it will be absolutely good for children going forward and, uh, you know, um, to know that um, TAF is available. It's not going to impact on their bones. They're going to get the best of both worlds where they're going to get a mm. uh, a drug that's in smaller concentration. And smaller to take. Absolutely. The back of it is, is big. Yeah. So it's and, also going to be easier for them. And, to and, and the cost as well is something we need to also t- take into account that uh, TAF is a whole load cheaper than a back of it is. Than a back of it, absolutely. So yes. I'm, I'm really very excited for all the adolescents going forward because um, I've never been um, um, to enough of a fan. I've always kept them on a back of her, but even now knowing that I can get them off the back of her and put them onto TAF is, is just wonderful for me. So talking about TAF, um, what we have available to us now is TAF in combination with, as a fixed dose combination with lamivudine and dolutegravir and then TAF with emtricitabine and dolutegravir. So these are not um, they still need to be motivated for if you want to use it in your patients. So, Kay, how do you go about and what do you say to the funders to actually um, provide this to the patients? Marlene, I don't want to sound like a bully, but um, I generally just pick up the phone and say to the funder why I need what I need. Mm. And then it's pretty straightforward. So if I'm having an adolescent, I would say to the funder, I will not use tenofovir. I would prefer to use TAF. And there isn't really an issue there because then they have two choices. It's either going to be a back of her, which costs three times more than TAF. So that is like quite straightforward. No, no that's, a, that's a no-brainer. Yeah. Yes. 
And then also previously with the women, I would phone the funder and say, I'm taking the patient off to Nofava and replacing with the back of her. So, but now there's TAP available, which is literally, um, a third the price. So I don't think we should really have too much of an issue with the funders. I think you just need to be confident in your own skills and pick up the phone and say to the funder, I would re- like to replace the TLD with the TAF and the intracetabine dolutegravir. And this is why either yes. you have a woman who's um, got decreased bone density, is having a hip replacement with no other cause. Well, she's just menopausal. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So personally, I don't think it'll be a problem. Um, we mm. just need to know very clearly why we want to switch the drugs. And the bottom line is no one's going to want to switch for nothing. You need to have the reason to switch. And if you mm. have a reason to switch, then the, the, you shouldn't be fighting the funders for the switch. It should just happen automatically. Yes. And I think the more we start to motivate for it, the easier it's going to become. Uh, I recently had a patient, a newly diagnosed patient, who I just went straight I went straight to TAF, uh, 3TC and, and Dolutegravir. I think the motivation should be to want the best for the patient. Absolutely. Yes. So if the patient's best interest is at heart, I don't see why the funder should disagree. Mm. I think as time goes on, um, the argument for why we should not be using TAF will become more valid. Why would you want to use TDF instead of TAF? Yeah, I think that's going to become a question as time goes on. So the more and more TAF is going to be used, um, you know, TDF later on will only be used in certain circumstances. That's the way forward. I mean, the way I see it. Correctly speaking, because if TAF is a better molecule than TDF is, I mean, why are we still doing TDF? Absolutely. So yes. one will have to tease out which patients would need TAF. And so it's it's not just a matter of TAF now. It, it's coming in a fixed dose combination. So it's essentially now deciding were you doing TLD or you're doing TAF LD or TAF EE. Mm, mm. So you, you just as uh, the clinician needs to weigh up which is the better option for that so patient. So it's, it's going to be individualizing again, once again, coming down to individualizing the therapy for the patient. But we know for sure that um, TAF has um, way more advantages. And uh, I think as clinicians, we need to be aware of it going forward and need to motivate to the funders when the switch needs to happen. Yes, yes, we need to get them on board. But I must say, in the past week or so, I've actually managed to convince the the funders to get one of t- one or two of my patients on it. So, I think the more and more it's going to um, become available and b- be used later on, we might not need to motivate. Yeah, it'll just be the first choice. Uh, I must say, um, I see a lot of renal abnormalities in my practice. Absolutely. So I have done major switches to TAF, um, the TAF ED for now, because mm. of all the renal issues. And I haven't had uh, any nonsense from any funders. So I'm quite excited. And I think uh, we need to give the patients the benefit of yes. the best. And the other thing that I um, that also is worth the mention, before we had TAF, if you would run into a patient having renal issues on tenofovir and you would have to you would have to switch the patient to a back cover, for instance, you would also need to check on the hepatitis B 
uh, status of the patient now is not an issue anymore. Whether hepatitis B is or no, even if the patient is hepatitis B positive, um, you know that will also be covered by by TAF. So that's an added advantage. For sure, and not forgetting the Caucasian patients where you will have to do the HLA typing as well. And lots of time you send them to the labs to do HLA typing and the lab will phone and say, what is that? Yes. Mm. So um, that's a huge plus. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So um, going forward, I'm very excited about the TAF intraceptivine dolutegravir being available because it gives me that added option and it gives you the added option with all the advantages. So I'm very excited. I, I truly am. Yes, I can I can agree with that. I must say that um, in treating HIV patients, always worrying about um, the kidney function that has always been a major, major issue. So now that we have TAF on board in combination with either 3TC or FTC plus dolutegravir, um, I think it's going to become much easier to treat our patients. It's just a superior drug with a little snag in it, but uh, it is way superior to what we have presently, I'm pretty certain. Yes, but I'm just thrilled that it's here at last. Finally. Finally.